You're listening to Around Comics. The Comic Book Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Salazar, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Christopher Neesman. What's up, Christopher Neesman? Hey, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. The hey, guy who, 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 who two months ago, no, six weeks ago, a month ago, said, yeah, baseball, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if I can do it. I'm getting text from like, the Sox are really good. He's, he's, all, he's you. Best team in baseball. I'm sorry. You, They're the best team in baseball right now by any metric. <laughs> you are you are on the bandwagon hard. I say that I say that knowing that you are a lifelong White Sox fan. And yes, they are absolutely fun to watch. And I am rooting for them as my Cardinals just finally got off of their three-game uh, losing streak. And they helped you out a little bit today. They beat the they beat the Indians today. So. Thank you, thank you. We need the, those Indians. Although the Indians seem to be like thinking about trading away. I read a story like the Indians and White Sox are working on a trade for a pitcher. I'm like, well, that makes no sense whatsoever. Why would they, why would they, the Indians trade? Because it's 2020. Nothing makes any sense. Yeah, this is true. true. Yeah. Well, hey, we, uh, we've got a guest tonight. Uh, Tom is a little under the weather. And so we're like, you know what? There, there's a guy out there that has been uh, one of our friends, a fan of the show, just all around great guy. We uh, we know him uh, through the show, but have also gone to a baseball game with him. He's one of our, our favorite people. He is the designer of this here Around Comics shirt, which dates back to about 2007, I think. It's an a awesome uh, a cheap trick homage. Uh, he's our, uh, our good buddy, uh, Gordy Adams from the Gord cast Yay! There it is. 2008 i think is where it, it was a 2000, oh, it was world tour yeah. 2008 world tour yeah hey man i can't believe a dream come true be, being being on around i mean i've had a lot of dreams but uh this may not have been ever like most of my dreams are based on delivering mail in a city that's kind of my city but <laughs> being on a podcast of with friends that doesn't really show up in my dreams but you know, this is this is this is really cool. And also the Cardinals won, the Pirates won, and the White Sox won in completely separate games that that weren't against each other. So it's a good day in baseball. <laughs> it's a good day in baseball. We can we can we can get at each other's throats uh, at another time, but not tonight. Well, when whenever the Pirates are better. <laughs> See, okay, right. Well, that's the thing, is I, I have been loving baseball this year, even though it's the weirdest season ever um i am also totally like i i I get that the pirates aren't good so i don't say (laughs) so i don't say it's like well you know if they just you know if that guy wouldn't have done that thing it's just like no the pitching sucks and the batting should there was a game where they went back and forth and it was like 17 to 17 one game so i know that they're capable but (laughs) well sal will tell you about a game where they didn't have any hits 
Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> was that last week? That was last week, right? Yeah, it was against the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, I, I know uh, they played the White Sox. Yeah, I, I missed that game, but yeah. I, you know, I'm so sort of entrenched in bad baseball for so long. Right. Mostly been a bad team, like my entire life. <laughs> like they've had a few. You know, they had a good 2005, and they've 2005 had a few, was pretty good. But for the most part, they've been a pretty bad baseball team. So right. I like I'm watching this team, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I keep no, waiting. don't, no, don't. And it's like they're gonna be good. They're, they're pretty they're good. good they're, they're, they're gonna, good they're, they're, they are just scratching the surface of how good they're going to be. And this is me as a Cardinals fan, and you know how you know unapologetic I am about that. The White Sox are gonna be awesome. Like next yeah. year, they're going to be awesome. They look good. Robert hit a game-winning 10th inning home run to to like left center field that I don't it was like a half swing. He he just sort of like <laughs> one-armed it and and the thing went 400 feet and it's just like I don't that, that dude is ridiculous. Well, whenever I don't understand scouts, how that happens ever. When yeah. scouts talk about a guy as a generational talent, that kind of makes you peak, you know, up your ears and go okay, and then whenever his 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 teammates start nicknaming him Trout, you know, <laughs> he's he's the uh, the Panther. He's the Black Panther. It, that uh, uh, moment of silence, by the way. That, uh, Ooh, that I really knew we were going to get to it. That's pretty soon. Yeah, it's uh, 2020 continues to be just a big kick in the nuts. Yeah, that was uh, a little shocking. That uh, Chadwick Boseman at 43. Uh, 43. That's crazy. Colon cancer. He's been fighting it for four years. He dies on not only Jackie Robinson Day in, in Major League Baseball. He played Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Jack right. Kirby's yeah. Birthday, and Jack Kirby's birthday, who created Black Panther the same day. Yeah, right. Right. Very bizarre. But yeah, I don't like I, it. Really, 2020 really sucks, but 2020 really sucks if you're black. Like, really. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yes. So exhausted. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's just like the only the only thing I can say to maybe counter that, and this is me as a middle aged white guy, is that finally people are hopefully starting to listen. Some people know. are. Some yeah. some people are. No, some people are. But there are still some people who are posting up crazy shit on Facebook. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna apologize for being white. It's like nobody asked you. Nobody asked you to apologize for being white. Nobody. I, I live I live in a very. Um, it's one of the. It's Milwaukee is an incredibly segregated city. It's it's one of the most segregated cities in America. I live in one of the few neighborhoods that is that is uh, somewhat diverse. I have black neighbors. Uh, across the street and and several you know on the on the block um and so it's one of the actual integrated neighborhoods in in milwaukee but just south of me is wauwatosa which is a a a very very white collar suburb um and you know i i you know jog there in the morning and the amount of of black lives matter yard signs in wauwatosa is pretty amazing that you have a majority white affluent suburban community that has BLM signs out in their front yards. That I think is the difference that not everybody, especially in a lot of, you know, super rural and conservative areas, you're not seeing it, but um, white people are starting to get the freaking message that uh, that stuff is, 
you know, stuff's messed up and they got to pay attention to it. So, and it's, you know, to bring it back to comics, I think it's, it's movies like Black Panther that have some, some amount of, of reason um, why people are, are maybe a little bit more aware of that. And you take it back into even farther and it's comic books that, that, you know, brought those, those, you know, characters to the forefront that, you know, even like, you know, 70 years ago are starting to, to resonate. I mean, you look at what, what Kirby and Lee did and, you know, even, you know, bringing a character like Black Panther, you know, into Marvel comics, you know, God, you know, at some point people got to take notice of it. Right. Right. And you guys brought it up last episode um, talking about Watchmen, uh, the, the, the HBO TV series and how that kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes. And I have to be honest, I I've been Martin Luther King and Gandhi were like brought to me when I was three years old, four, four years old in, in the early seventies, but nobody in my, so my parents were super, uh, I hate to you say woke, but they were, uh, you know, they knew what was up. Um, but nobody 19, knew about these 1970s. They were very, well, no, but I'm saying that nobody knew about Tulsa. And so yeah, it, it, it was the HBO series Watchmen that all of a sudden opened up people's eyes about this horrible shit that happened. <laughs> That's crazy. But once again, comics reach out and they just, Oh man, they just reach out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a pretty cynical person. Anyone that knows, no. kind of knows what? that no. Wait a here, Wait a minute. But, you know, like, and, and like when Black Panther came out, I, you know, my initial reaction to anything that people enjoy is to sort of shit on it. <laughs> but, you know, I the movie. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. The I, movie. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and not that I shit on it. I mean, it's a, it's a terrific movie, but it was sort of just like. You entered it with a, with a skeptical eye of, okay, is it really good? Or is this people just giving it lip service? Yeah. Is it, that but it's like, you know, over time, it's just sort of like the, I can't pretend to understand necessarily the importance of that movie to people um, of color, uh, you, you know, and, and, but I can't deny that, you know, it's gotta be gut wrenching that, you know, to, to, sort of have any sort of glimmer of hope if there was if there has been in the last few years like that movie was was one moment in time that i think you know if you were black that there's at least some kind of joyous thing that oh, it's the biggest biggest movie in the world yeah you know what i mean like that yeah and 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 it's just like jesus to 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 to, to lose that guy now uh, and yeah. I know it's a movie. It's just that you know, it's it, he's just an actor. Uh, you know, he, but he wasn't just an actor. I mean, he was. Well, I know, but that, was, I mean, like it. it this yeah. stuff is important. It. It is. You know, it's like we all grew up reading comics and having plenty of characters that we can identify with, uh, for whatever reason. That's and that's, right and that's not always the case for everyone. It right. you know, like, so to have someone. And same goes for movies, you know, movies and TV shows like for the most part, you know, the three of us growing up, I'm sure had didn't have much problem finding someone in a movie that we could, you know, bond with or identify with, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I don't know. Um, everyone. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this necessarily. Well, but- well, well, 
Fox. It, it's such a, it, it's such an obvious thing. I got called out years ago because I said that uh, somewhere on Facebook or or somewhere social media, where I was like, I don't need to see myself represented. I don't need to see a guy who looks like me. I don't need to see a, a movie about a mailman. I don't need to see a movie about you know a, a nerd guy. No, well, just, they did they did they did the Kevin Costner thing. Yeah, well, but, yeah, that's and that's good. Yeah, that's a whole you know, other podcast. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> but um, what was told what was told to me was very clear. It's just like, well, you're used to seeing your thing, so that's why you don't understand it when you don't get the representation. So. Um, we can go back to baseball if you want real quickly. One of uh, my favorite movies of all time and my favorite sports movie is A League of Their Own. And it took how long for a movie to be made about women playing sports who were strong and awesome and cool? I'm going I'm I'm to bring this all together. Okay. Where was A League of Their Own? What, where was that based? Midwest, right? No. It, oh. Yes, in the Midwest. It was okay. Rockford. It was the Rockford Peaches. Oh, okay. <laughs> where, okay, so back, where cheap is trick, Cheap Trick Cheap from? Trick. Okay, good job. It's from Rockford, Illinois. That's why we're friends. See, it all comes together. We, and we all know Rockford is the hub of progressiveness. In oh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go to the voting. Let's go to the voting. Yeah, anyway. So and my point was being that um, I completely understood how Black Panther hit on so many levels with people who wanted to be seen for the first time and strong and women and black women that yeah. were strong and science and science based. And, and I think, and it, I think there's a certain, you know, a, a natural reaction in some ways of like, Oh, well, what's the big deal? Like I can watch a movie with a black lead character right. and I can identify right. with her. Character. I can, I can watch a, a movie with a, a, a gay main character and identify with that character. Why can't? And it's like, right. well, they have, they right. that's, that's the only choice that people have had to their whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, that sort of understanding, you know, is just a change of perspective. I think that comes, you know, hopefully comes, but you know, it also, it unfortunately, it creates so much pushback. It creates, you know, like there's a there's a there's a wall that some people just will use it to to sort of stand up against as opposed to actually learn anything or change it's hard to change people's minds but hopefully slowly but surely i don't know personally i'm ready to go to like mexico and get the fuck out of the country. <laughs> we're, we're, looking at, we're looking at portugal portugal and and tasmania i think that's where marta and i those are the yeah, kind everyone's of- been in new zealand everyone's looking at new zealand there's a very progressive yeah, woman in charge of everything it's, no, it's about this big it's, you have to be like under 40 and because they're like, no, Ooh. fuck off. <laughs> you, no, <laughs> you ser- seriously, I think you have to be under the age of 40 to move to New Zealand because they don't, mm. they don't want our garbage. <laughs> right. But we mm. are looking at Tasmania. Hmm. Uh, so. Even smaller, even smaller. It's smaller. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're from, we're from Wisconsin, which has, you know, small, angry mammals, you know, so if we figure it's a good good translation badgers to to tasmanian devils uh, are there actually badgers in wisconsin or is it just the football team i've never actually seen a badger but i have imagined what? kind of a northern wisconsin I mean in real life i got you yeah yeah well yeah like face to face i've not i, I imagine it's like a yeah. northern wisconsin thing so 
Brian that's, May is like super into badgers and saving the badgers in England. Hey, let's go to let's talk about music all of a sudden. Hey, Gordy was going to go to music. How weird. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Brian May is he's in charge of or not in charge of, but he like super promotes. He's um, in charge of the badgers in England. He's in charge of the, like there's like crazy videos of of badgers playing flying V guitars and stuff. Right. I mean, he's like a bona fide. Yeah, he's an astrophysicist. Yeah, he's like he's an actual degree in astrophysicism. Physicist. Yeah. Anyway, so if you want to talk badgers, just 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 call Brian. Just bring up Brian May. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so Gordo, uh, yeah. Whenever you are, whenever you are not um, talking about comics and and music, and we have to plug the 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 Gordcast. Yeah. Thanks. Yes, so so go check out the Gorecast, and and I think uh, we're we've been uh, teasing each other all COVID uh, long about talking about uh, some of our favorite nineteen seventies movies. I think we're going to talk uh, Slapshot and uh, uh, Bingo what, Long's uh, Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little. Um, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, some some Gene Hackman movies and. Um, uh, some other some other stuff, but whenever you yeah. are not uh, doing the Gordcast and talking about comics and music, you are a a, a postal employee. Yes, and one of the yes. greatest postal employees in uh, in the universe. Or so uh, I've heard. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for for being essential and helping to uh, guide us through this COVID nightmare and protecting our democracy. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I'm doing my best. I'm really doing my best, and also uh, very thankful uh and grateful that um throughout all this thing my job was completely like set i didn't have to worry about not paying bills like people they they always talk about you're like two paychecks away from being homeless i've been you know what has it been six months five five months like eight years (laughs) yeah yeah it it seems like crazy so i so and and overtime because amazon because everybody needs their shit and also, mm-hmm. ooh, did I say, yeah, everybody needs their stuff yeah. that makes them happy that they get through Amazon, which keeps me uh, employed. So yes, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, um, uh, but it's also it's a it's a it's a cool it's a privilege to be part of other people's lives too while I get to do my job. Like so many people are just in cubicles or they're not doing things or you know you know or they're p- pretending to be nice while they're giving you their food at a restaurant or something. Whereas I'm literally walking the streets, hanging out with people. I had this lady, this lady who I run into all the time who lives on uh, where I walk. And she just said, I'm going to walk with you today. And she walked for, with me for like a half hour. And she told me her life story about growing up in the forties and how many dads she had and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is why I like being a podcast person. It's just like, I like to hear what everybody else has gone through i'm boring i don't you don't want to hear about my life but man i love to listen to other people and 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 have a conversation that's what's so great about this so anyway yeah i'm very lucky that i yeah you're very lucky mailman uh as well like our our mailman he's been the same guy for you know i don't know at least a decade if not longer yeah like he uh you know if if i'm outside when he comes by you know we always chat for a while but like he'll Uh You know, he, I've come home and like, he's playing catch with my son, you know, on the front yard (laughs) this summer and like Jack's home and stuff like that. Or like, you know, he messes with the dogs a little bit and right. Yeah. I've totally shot hoops with people on my route. 
yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, over Christmas, you actually like get dressed up in like Charles Dickens. Yes, I do. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. which is you've posted uh, pictures on Facebook. Sal, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of him on his Christmas route. I have. It's amazing. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like the best mailman in the world. I, I want you to move to Wisconsin and be my mailman. Okay. All right. Well, when I retire, I'll just do it for free, though, if I retire and come. Now, come are you in Wisconsin. Northern California or are you in Oregon? I'm in the Napa Valley, which is. Um, North of San Francisco by okay. about an hour, you're, and then okay. I'm a little bit north yeah. of that in St. Helena. So yeah, so you're Napa still Valley. Yes, totally, totally, totally. Okay. I was thinking about moving to Oregon at one point, and so we've yeah. been friends for so long. Maybe I would have said, "Hey, eventually I'm going to go there." But at this point, yeah, still, still in in the Napa Valley and and doing my thing. And back to what what Sal was saying about his his carrier is, I've been in this town, it's a very small town for 30 years. And I literally know where everybody lives and their name and their, what kind of car they drive. And, uh, this is the point in the show. This is the point in the show. If Tom was here, we would start yeah. talking about over the over the road truckers and how mailman and truckers and ser- ser- serial, serial killer. Killers. Yeah. 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 No, on this, well, that's the point is this, this town is so small that, I couldn't get away with any of that. As soon as someone died, they would go, "Yeah, that was probably that guy." No, but I'm saying, what I'm what I'm saying is, it's a fun party trick that when I meet somebody and, and they tell me their name, I go, "Oh, you live on, you know, that street." And it's like, "Ah, you used to live on that street," and and it's a, it, it, you know, but they but they know that I'm just being, you know, I'm just I'm just the mailman. I just I literally don't care anything about their life. I just I just know about it. You just deliver the mail. I don't know. I, I just start thinking about um, <laughs> the, the TV show. Uh, have you guys watched um, Mind Hunter? Oh yeah, show? yeah. I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the BTK killer worked for for ADT Security Systems. Right. He was a Boy Scout. <laughs> he would volunteer like volunteer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it remind, no, it reminds me of One Hour Photo. You guys ever seen One Hour Photo? Yeah, yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. Great. Yeah. One of my favorite Robin Williams roles because it's so horrible. I mean, it's just yeah, Robin Williams it's, is you know serial. Yeah, dark humor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the, yeah. Mindhunter, by the way, Sal, have you seen have you watched uh Hamilton on the Disney Plus yet? Of course, yes. My daughter has made us watch it like three times already. So <laughs> did, I mean I saw the play live. Oh, that's right. You did Ooh. see it live. So, you know, in the in the New York production, um uh, King George. Okay, that's the main actor in Mindhunter. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah I my, wife, um, my wife doesn't understand why he spits so much as King George. He, that's the part of the character because he was mad. It was he was mad. He was mad, King George. I don't know, man. He's mad, King George. Yeah, an awful lot. He spits an awful lot. He's very. No, no, it's, it's, no. Look up on YouTube. That, that I mean, in this was, time of was, COVID, no spitting. Come on. It was, um, it was, it, that was, that was very um, much planned because he was mad King George, and he wanted to come off as absolutely unhinged, and that was part of the the spitting. All right, true, well, true story. He spit. He's definitely spit plenty. Yeah, he spit a lot, like intentionally spit. Yeah, he was very, he was very good. There, there. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great play. Sure. Yeah, yeah. My 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 daughter always is kind of weirded out because she's a, she's a huge Hamilton fan. I mean, she listens to the soundtrack daily. Really, that's oh, awesome. yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, every day she listens to that thing. 
Um, and she's watched it a dozen times, you know, probably on, on uh, Disney Plus. But uh, she always gets a little freaked out because she also watches Mindhunter. So she's like <laughs> trying to rationalize the two characters. Like, well, he's an actor. I mean, that's just. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> a great actor. Um, so. So I told I told Gordy he's like he's like what are we going to talk about tonight? And I said, well, we we had kind of a theme from a few weeks back of different different um, um, media or d- different yeah, different forms of media that make you come back to the source material and understand it a little bit better. Oh. And we we had talked about that. So. Uh, a week or so ago, I downloaded. I, so I started. I started uh, an Audible account because I drive back and forth to Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, twice a week, which is like eighty miles. So I get like two and two and a half hours in the car on on Mondays and Wednesdays. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get an Audible account. And what came up on Audible? Um, the Sandman uh, by Neil Gaiman. And don't spoil it for me. <laughs> No. What? You told me we were going to talk about the Sandman. That Sandman is in the Sandman. <laughs> it is in there. I haven't. Uh, I do have it. I have an audible, uh, I, but I haven't listened to it yet. I'm so. I'm so you remember, you remember way back when, whenever we did the Around Comics presents <laughs> EC Comics, you you did this. You put all of this together, Sal. Uh, the audio drama of the EC comic for Halloween that we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Was Which was awesome. It was so fun. You did the whole script scripting of it and the sound effects. And it was, and it was so fun. And it was the first time I had any experience doing an, an audio drama. Um, we were way ahead of our time. Now, now that's like every podcast. Everybody does it now. But yeah, we were we were doing that shit back uh, back in what two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, so the 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 Neil Gaiman Sandman Audible series. I think it's going to be a series. Uh, so the first one, they are like legitimately line for line, panel for panel audio dramatizations of the comic. Wow, that's amazing. And different voices for each character? Different voices for each character, and then Neil Gaiman is the uh, the narrator. He's the narrator. Yeah, I saw that he was the narrator, but there's other people doing, like, filling in at times. That is a comic I have struggled with yeah. forever. Like, right, I right. own... We'll talk about it. We're going to get to it. Yeah, I own sure. three of the absolute editions, and I've Wait. never been able to get past issue two. It's something right. I've <laughs> really? I right. try and I'm just kind of uh and then I put it away and I'm like, oh, I'll just try again later. And mm-hmm. I it's one of those I've probably read the first issue 60 times and just never <laughs> gotten any farther. You know, it's just one it's just one of those, it's one of those books. We all have them. Um I listened to the audio drama on Audible, and it was just like Okay. They just clicked. Wow. I get, I get it. What that's was, cool. What was it that didn't click for you reading it? Right. That right. That's my question. Listening. I I don't know. It, it's not like the, the Luther Arc, Arkwright thing, which we had talked about. Um, well, it that's was super. Like, Luther, Luther Arkwright is... I mean, that's a, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. it doesn't even make sense. Like, it's um, dense. It was, it was probably 
the I couldn't get the hook. Let's stop real it, quick. When when did you first read it? Like how? Like did you get it off the first read Sandman? Um, yeah, off the shelf. You know, did you like, like? No, God, no, no. Okay, um, it, okay. Uh, before the absolute, I think I I think I had the trade paperback, so I didn't pick it up off the off the shelf when it was being printed. Um, I think I just I think some people will understand this. It's so British, yes. And for me, that's usually not a problem being an old Doctor Who fan. But it's part of the problem that I had with Swamp Thing, and it's probably more on the art than it was anything else and sam keith is awesome but it can be it can be hard to to hook me in some of those in some of those comics and i think initial issues are not like amazing art pieces yeah 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 they're uh they're of the time (laughs) they're of the time and and incredibly british um and so i just never the hook never sank for me but read you know but listening to the audio dramas it kind of got me over that hump and then once i started it's like oh okay now i can dive in and now i'm 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 hooked i think i've read you know 12 issues and in the lat this week and and am really really enjoying it you know in sandman is interesting because it's it's very much Gaiman's universe, but it it really it it is grounded in the DCU because you've got Constantine, you've got Etrigan, you've got you know Martian Manhunter. These are all like in the first like four issues. You, you bring have, up Batman in the first third at the third issue. You, yeah, Batman yeah. even shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Scarecrow and, and whoa, hey. There's Georgie. Hi, baby. Hey, try, hey, tripod. Hi, little girl. <laughs> That's for all the audio podcast <laughs> folks. My my three legged fifteen year old. Oh my god! Oh, the, here we go. Now there's Rory. Where there's one, there's always two. And they're um, they're like Sith lords. It's uh, oh, no, no. Like there was a gate, a, ga- a, a gateway to hell just opened up, and here yeah. comes the yeah, yeah. demon dog the master, yeah. and that is the apprentice. Yeah. Everyone's got that at home. <laughs> Everyone's got a demon dog at home. <laughs> so, so, so I'm fin- so. I'm finally getting into Sandman, and I think for the first time as a comic fan, it, it's one. It was it was one of those. Uh, it was one of those comics that th- it was it was like my hidden secret because I should love that series, and I was never able to really get into it. Do you love Sal? it? I don't know if I love it. I'm enjoying it. Sal, have you read it? What's your what's yeah. your uh, history? Okay, the whole thing. Have you read everything? Uh, I don't know if I've read every single thing. Like, or like maybe the-, the first three graphic novels for sure. Oh, I've read the entire Sandman. I've read right. Death. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, because there's a bunch of like ancillary, you know, kind of mm-hmm. books that came off. Right, right. I don't know how much. I mean, it's been a while since I've read it. Um. But did you read it just to read it, or did you enjoy it? Uh, no, I enjoyed it. I was I, okay. I, I yeah, enjoyed there's it. a big difference in that, isn't there? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of like comic comics uh, fandom in general is that you feel yeah. you need to read it. And I think um, I think I think, you're, I think you're scratching on why around comics went away for a couple of years. <laughs> you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> homework well, I, was I, I, it, I, it wasn't I, just I, homework, right? I read it. Uh, 
probably in trade. I don't think I was, I wasn't buying it in single issues. So I read it in trade, you know, I don't know when. I, I can't remember yeah. when I read it, but. Because I know so that, that, I know that like Swamp Thing really kind of started Vertigo. Right. But Sandman yeah. was kind of the comic that, that I don't want to say it cemented Vertigo, but it, but it certainly was, was one of the tentpole comics. Exploded. For, right. for for vertigo and the when did when did sandman come out it's 90s 80, still, right no, no, 80, 80, 88 87 or 88 was it that yeah. early yeah 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 it was the 80s because i i had already sold my sandman number one at a comic convention in 1990 so i know that i had it for a while yeah, i i read it i think i read it in the 90s initially right. first time i read it and then I read it again, like when the absolute editions came out. Yeah, uh, right. and it looks beautiful in the absolutes. I mean, it's a, it's a great it's a great way to be introduced to the uh, to the series. I'm not hating. But- I, mean, I, think, I think with Sandman, I, I mean, I think with a lot of that Vertigo stuff, like I got into Sandman because I liked Hellblazer, and then I was like, oh, this character's from another book, and so, right, yeah, right. And then I read, I and then I read Swamp Thing. It- which I was, I was, I'm kind of the same way with Swamp Thing. I'm not that big of a Swamp Thing fan. Like, it, it, I know it, it's one it's of them. It's hard sometimes. And it's not good sometimes. Well, like, it's just, it, it, no, it, it's, 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 it's the hype. It's like every single cool thing that everybody is into is you say, well, Swamp Thing is the best thing ever written. Alan Moore, you know, pre Watchmen, it was just like, it was like, well, Alan Moore is, you know, the greatest writer ever. So Swamp Thing is going to be great. Well, it could be. The art's amazing. Oh man, that's, that, that, that Bissonette stuff is amazing. And I think that was a big draw with Sandman. Because I, I re, you know, when when Chris told me that we we're going to talk Sandman, I, I went to my hoopla, which you guys introduced me to. I don't know what tw- twenty episodes ago. Hoopla, yeah, ding. <laughs> ding. Really should yeah, be good. I, I I love me some hoopla. I even because, I even, because public libraries have all the extra money for sponsorships. But also, I like old stuff, and it's all a hoopla. I told Chris this earlier when we were having a convers- uh, a phone conversation. You've heard of those. It's on the telephone where you talk to people. Yeah. Um, um, I, there was something that I wanted to check out, and <laughs> I had it on my shelf, like here. But instead, I went to my iPad and read it on hoopla because it was <laughs> way, way, way easier. So I did the same thing with Sandman this afternoon. Crush you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Comment. The comic book industry is failing because of people like me who just read stuff on the iPad, but I also own it too. Um, but uh, so in looking at this, these, these first couple episodes or first couple issues of Sandman, it is so, I mean, it's so Bernie Wrightson. It's so easy comics. It is like, it's like, it's like ghastly Graham Ingalls. It's like the thing that I grew up, I literally l- learned how to read, reading my mom's, uh, EC Comics from the fifties. I had her absolute her. How cool issues. is that? Your yeah, mom cool. EC Comics, <laughs> right? And she had a letter in Weird Science. So what? Yep. Yeah, my wife. What's my up? wife. Yeah, my mom had uh, uh, an actual letter in nineteen fifty three. I think Weird Science either seventeen or nineteen. I can't remember. So I'm a 
I mean, literally. How do you not have my, that comic? Yeah, I was gonna say, how do you not have a copy of that or something? I would have that framed. Come on. Well, because it costs money. I don't. I used to have her actual issue. Come That's on, you're making whole. that. You're making that fat postal no. carrier fees, right? <laughs> I could probably get one for like eighty bucks, like a like a C. Uh, what is it? What how? What is that? CGC seven or you know four okay. whatever. I'm not gonna. I have it. I have it in my. My my archives and, that, and that's good enough. I'll I, I bring it up anyway. The letters I'm in just, the archives. Uh, do they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, the letters are in the archives. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do have um, actually forever. You know, you don't what, have what to. Was just letter? Copy. What was your letter? What did she say? Oh, you you want me to find it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> um yeah i was I, like i said i swamp thing was a was a tougher read for me than sandman i enjoyed sandman more so i okay. liked Sandman because it was like a little weirder and i love the idea of like uh, the everlasting yeah just that like they were this weird family of like you know obtuse ideas come to life or like concepts you know um but they all start with d yeah and okay I'm a- Oh, go ahead. So, where's the camera? (laughs) Cosmic correspondence. The Ruth Onsman. Ruth Onsman. Okay. Yeah, it it says, uh, um, so far I have read the two stories by Ray Bradbury that you've printed. Frankly, they leave me up in the air. I don't get any pleasure from a story that I can't figure out. Oh, apropos. Wow. So she was like digging on Ray Bradbury. Yeah. My she mom's digging on Ray Bradbury. On Ray Bradbury. <laughs> but think That's... of that, like what we're talking about and how apropos is that, that that letter is basically like, I don't like this because I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't care what, I don't care who says this is great. That's like Facebook. That. That's like Facebook and every other social commentary oh, yeah. nowadays. I don't, I don't know. Amazing. And I love that they printed that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm super. I'm I'm super happy about that. I did actually have the original issue, but that's a whole other story that is very sad that I don't want to talk about. Okay. Well, we won't. Well, no. I gave I I, I gave a whole bunch of my mom's comics to somebody to um, uh, uh, you know, rate get the mm-hmm. you know get yeah, and he uh, absconded with them and never came back. Oh, bastard! That sucks. Yep. Yeah. 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 Hey. I, I, hey. It, yeah. Hey. Yeah. I trust you. Why don't you? Why don't you figure out how you know? You know what these are worth. And then bye. Yeah. And they were was, and they I were was, beat was, up. They I were told California. I was thinking California fire. Oh no no they, no they they were beat up readers copies, but that guy still yeah absconded. Which um, speaking Could, of, um, are you no. are you close to the current fires? Are you are you all good? You're fine. We're fine. I've been okay. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was close. It was close. And a couple of years ago, it was super close. But um, smoky air, smoky air, doing mm-hmm. my job. Everything's fine. Um, everything's fine. How are you? <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's everyone, fine. everyone got that Star Wars reference, right? <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> no, that 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 is super cool. That's uh, yeah. You gotta you gotta oh. get that. You gotta get that issue. Um, yeah, eventually I will. Eventually I'll but, get a, a oh, good yeah, issue. Find out what issue that was. That's my I do. But back to what I was saying originally is that when I first bought that years, you know, off the off the rack, 
I, there was nothing like that. There was nothing like EC Comics that was being put out by DC or Marvel or you know Dark Horse didn't even exist yet. There wasn't any. There wasn't any anybody that was doing the stuff that I loved and grew up with. The House of Secrets, the House of Mystery, all of that, all of that 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 creepy. We, I grew up with Hammer Films and Creature Features, and I, I loved all that and everything at that time. I mean, I I, I loved. I loved reading my X-Men and my Avengers and, you know, whatever. But when this showed up, it was just like, oh, this is cool. This is very cool. And in revisiting it, I don't think I knew who Sam Keith was at the time because he wasn't really uh, relevant. Yeah. And then to find out years later. What, was he doing the Max? At, no, Max? the Max was. No, no, the Max, Max was way, 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 way later. And, but I see the, I see the, the, um, the road he went down of he was he was trying to do the EC comics he was trying to do all of the the House of Secrets uh, the Cain and Abel all that kind of stuff and I loved I God I love that so much but then like four episodes four issues in I don't know what the I don't know what they were trying to do all of a sudden it was like funny the first time it was just like this super dark gothic weird stuff. Um, and you know, trying to set up what Sandman was, and then, like three issues in, it was just like, it's <laughs> just like I just I I and I don't maybe that's why I stopped reading it was because it was, it was it, it, I didn't it, know what it, it was. It's is a it's a genre buster because yeah. it's, so because they actually end up doing a Midsummer Night's Dream, and right. so I, I really look at it as kind of Gaiman's Shakespearean romp. Where you can go from tragedy to 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 horror to comedy, and and he just bounces back and forth from all of these different types of stories. You know, I I just I read the um, the story which is all in the diner with uh, uh, Doctor Destiny. Mm-hmm. I haven't where, got that far yet. Yeah, where, where he spends you know the the twenty four hours basically mentally torturing these people until they they kill themselves. It is such a dark i mean fucking dark story <laughs> by the and i'm just like this is i mean oh my god I, it's you know this should have a you know parental advisory uh on this on this comic before anyone would read it and then yeah and then then it may go into into a a, a very comedic story and and it's i mean we look at it I think now we look at it through the spyglass of Neil Gaiman and what he's been able to do as an author through different genres. Right. And, and he almost, he almost kind of defines his own type of storytelling. Um, you look at something like good omens, which is it's dark, but it's a comedy. It's, it's right. Funny. It's very hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy style. Yeah. And, and right. But in like 1988, 1989, when he's doing 87, when he's doing this stuff, you know, people didn't say, oh, it's Neil Gaiman. Right. Right. Because right. they didn't know who he was. Right. Yeah. This, I mean, this comic kind of put him on the map as a writer. And then, you know, he, he would go on to, to do, to do novel work, the, you know, prose work that, that made him more of an international star. But I think also another part of what Sandman 
how it got popular was other things. You were talking about other other uh, medias. Is that uh, like goth music was happening at the same time, and there was oh. there was there there was a whole other thing that was you happening at the play, same time. You know, disintegration in the background. Right. Yeah. Ex- exactly. You can listen to Susie. You can you know you know the the Mission UK. Uh, all that sort of stuff was kind of happening at well, the same Joy time. And, yeah. Yeah. All all that kind of stuff. And so, and I'm not. This isn't a criticism against Neil because he's an amazing author, but I'm sure that he was paying attention to what people were listening or uh, what people were liking about the series. Death became integral to the story. Maybe he put it in in the first place just to be a thing, but it turned out that, oh man, people like death. So people hey, like the, the, the sexy talk yeah, girl. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and so I'm sure, that, I'm, I'm sure that he, and of course, why wouldn't you? You're going to you know, know your audience. You're going to ride the wave of the thing that, you know, if, if, if you're into it and it seems like he was into it. So it wasn't like he was compromising his integrity by, by, um, you know, going the goth way. It just was, Oh, cool. Because how much, how much of dream do you think Gaiman saw as himself? I mean, do you, do you, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, all of I mean, it. He is, he is <laughs> like dream is Gaiman, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's yeah. Done. He's talking yeah. about, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It became more him as the series went on, I think. It, you know, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, that's not particularly novel for a, a writer. I mean, generally speaking, your main character is some sort of aspect of the writer, yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, you know, completely right. What but, you know, and I, I know, I the the that death was. Based on someone, but I can't think of who. I don't remember his sister, his sister, or someone. I don't. I don't remember exactly who it was. But mm, it makes life. sense. Yeah, there, no, it um, makes sense. If there's any Neil Gaiman fans out there that are looking, you know, for something about him to watch, I recommend. Um, he has a master class on writing. Right. I was. That's what oh, I was saying. Master class. Yeah. Yeah. That's- excellent it's really good um and he talks a lot about sandman in that and and sort of the creation of it to some degree i mean he talks about everything that he's done and he uses a lot of different examples of his work as he's discussing how to write um but yeah he talks about sandman and to some degree and and the creation of it i don't i think part of the thing with all those vertigo books was like you know, we look at Vertigo now like, oh, it was this groundbreaking thing where they really broke away from DC Comics. But at the time, it wasn't necessarily. I mean, they were still dealing with editorial and they were still dealing with yeah. like, is the, this is in the DC universe. So what can we get away with? What can we do? What can't we do? And and all of those characters initially, they're, you know, the first year of it is sort of like, like you said, Batman shows up and Etrigan, the demon and, all you know, these different characters. Martian Manhunter, you know, but, it's. Yeah. Then as the series goes on, they sort of take on their own life. So I think some yeah. of those early issues you kind of have to like Swamp, I mean Swamp Thing had like Justice League in it. Oh yeah. Early on. For, yeah. Yeah. Um mm. I you know, but I I think that Vertigo spawns out of the you know, the house of mystery and and the the kind of you know, weird wacky 70s and you know bronze age dc comics i mean those were those were the precursors to to what would lead to vertigo i mean that was the bernie rights and stuff that right was, the bernie rights and stuff exactly yeah it, absolutely it, it's all of the, and it goes and honestly it goes back to ec it was right. the it was the people that were doing ec comics 
that came to DC and were doing House of Mystery and were doing the the, the horror comics. And that, I mean, you can almost see through through Sandman. I mean, that links directly to House of Mystery with Cain and Abel yep. and, and then feeds right into to Vertigo. And then Constantine has been the character that has, just because of you know Hellblazer's longevity, has had to bounce back and forth a couple times. Right. So, Brian, as an artist, uh, as an artist type, as an artistic type, how's that? Let's say that better because I don't call myself an artist either. When I look at uh, some of these, some of the art and all the borders, like the first couple episodes, or I keep saying episode and not issue. They are episodes. Where is my brain? (laughs) I I listen, I, I read things in episodes. Anyway, every single border is like amazing like super amazing and often when i'm doing a piece i look at it and i just go is this too much am i doing too much am i doing too much there's like too many lines and you look at that and you just go yeah you can never do too many lines but also should i should i do that many lines <laughs> well i mean I, I, I think... like what do you like like your art is 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 very is um to My, me, i like what you minimalistic i like more of a minimalistic yes. A right. You, right. While I'm not, uh, not that I don't like art like that, but right, I don't have a attention span. <laughs> right. Right. Very, right. Very, very, so like, yeah, yeah. I have to kind yeah. of get through something if I'm going to finish anything. I right. Have, right. I have to sort of like, yeah. But no, I think with them, I mean, I think they were also going for that gothic horror. Right style too in the art of like you know the sort of baroque and 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 you know yeah. just very uh ornamental and, and right. that that was a big part of it was you know the setting the the tone especially initially um right. with those yeah. issues you know that it's first like, run for sure yeah. do you think that, that that thought of it as a continuation of swamp thing of alan moore's swamp thing i don't think so i don't think gaiman thought of it that way yeah I don't, uh, I mean, stylistically, you know, or maybe, I mean, I I think it may have been influenced by, by Bissette, but I don't just see the early inclusion of Constantine and actually referencing Swamp Thing. I mean, they make a point of referencing one one frame. Yeah. That one frame. Yeah. But I mean, it's, 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 I don't know, kind of like build, building upon Swamp Thing in some way, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe they were looking at it as like this, you know, this is sort of. This, you know, if you wanted to distance yourself. I'm sorry, what? If you wanted to distance yourself from it, you certainly wouldn't reference it. No, but I don't think it was a matter of either. I don't think it was it was one or the other. I think it was just sort of like this works with what we're doing. Yeah. And Swamp Thing was popular so why would you not you know what i mean i don't know that they looked at it like let's continue what alan and steve are doing you know i don't i don't know that they necessarily looked at it that way maybe i don't i have no idea i mean you know yeah. i'm sure and, then, and this is me in you know 2020 reading this really kind of in depth for the first time where i've got you know almost 30 years of hellblazer to you know to to kind of you know buttressed against where this is being written where hellblazer is you know constantine is at that point a new character 
right? He's maybe, you know, three, four years. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, yeah, but it's I think a, it just works with the, you know, the sort of, I mean, you're, if you're going to bring a character in from DC, are you going to bring in, you know, Wonder Woman to that, to what you're doing? Like, it doesn't, but it's like, well, let's use a character that makes sense. Where the hell is he going? Why does he ask me a question when he walks away? You can't, you can't walk away. If I wasn't such a fanboy on Twitter, I probably could have asked Neil Gaiman because there was a short period of time where I had an opportunity to maybe, you know, have a conversation with Neil Gaiman and I fuck that up royally. So yeah, it's what we do, Sal. <laughs> it's also maybe you know he I, I think a lot of his writing also was a lot of inside jokes or inside things like when he meets the first when he when he meets the 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 ladies the the, the hecubi and you know they all have different names and he throws different things in i'm sure those are you know some weird reference like if you were to you know reference the mark brothers and say swordfish it's like it's like something that you know, is a uh, a reference that 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 he did. So some of those things show up. Uh, you know, just to have the re- the reader. It, are you pay- are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? That's out of, of the early issues is the Lucifer that he meets in hell. Is it the Lucifer mm. that would later come out of the comics? Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't I mean, got that far. Yeah, yeah no, maybe textile notes. Technically, it, it is. I mean, it's the same Lucifer. I think it, it was, you know, I mean, that was uh, written by, uh, gosh, who wrote the Lucifer series? I can't do that. I can't, I can't think of the writer off the top of my head. Um, it wasn't Dan Abnett, was it? I don't remember, but that was much later. So it's hard to say whether, you know, it was the same. You know, he probably was inspired by that character and then went, oh, we could do right. this. Mike Carey. Mike Carey. There you go. Mm. Yep. Mm. I wish you would have given me a heads up that we were talking about this because I would have. You're actually- doing great. What do you mean? What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're doing I'm great. Like, <laughs> there's so much more I could be adding to this if I had like <laughs> an inkling of, of, of research I had done. <laughs> I just can't remember. <laughs> um, Sorry, it's been a while since I read it, so it's like uh, I don't. It's good. You're good on your feet, man. We're showing off your strength, man. Yeah, yeah I can bullshit it with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that's what a conversation would be like. In like, if we were at a convention right now, I remember talking to you, Brian, in Chicago, and just drinking, and and you and I hanging out with Henry Barda. There was no script. There was no like, hey, what are we going to talk about before we <laughs> drink a Wait, couple? You talked to Hillary Barda <laughs> without a script. No, you weren't part of this, Chris. You did not. You were not part of this conversation. I'm talking to Brian right now. <laughs> I, I no, I don't need a script to talk. Certainly, we can talk, <laughs> but I, I don't. I don't want to like give out false information if I don't have to. Like no. I'll, I'll yeah. you know, no. I'll keep it going for sure, and yeah. I'll answer the best I can. But it's like uh, I, my brain, like ten years ago, this would all mm. be in here. Like I'd still have this right. I had. But it's like my brain just doesn't work too good anymore. It's I've been hit, you know. It's like I've done too many drugs. I've drank too much. I've been punched in the face too many times. He's had to listen to me for over a decade. Yeah, that's got to be rough. Didn't cut off to my brain on a (laughs) weekly basis, you know. So it's like my it doesn't work like it used to. So I can't quite 
pull this stuff out of there any longer. It's 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 there. I just I don't re- I don't remember. But so when were you? What what, how, what show were you in Chicago for, Gordo? Uh, it was it was the first year. Uh, let me let me look back here real quick here. Uh, I can't remember. It was um it was when uh the very first EOC. Uh, anthology and I had a, my first okay. piece in it. So that was maybe two, 2010. No, not 2010. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But right. I, I came, I, I came to Chicago and everybody was awesome. And I, re- I remember vividly, Brian, you're going to love this. Maybe you remember it. Maybe you don't, but it was the second day of, of the convention. And I was looking through some boxes and you came up behind me and go, how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Brian, that guy, that guy I've been listening to for the last three years. Oh, oh yeah, he's my friend now. Uh, I can't yeah. say I remember. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> right, right, right. No, so no, it was. Yeah, well, you, Chris, Chris, you and I first met in San Francisco at a WonderCon that you were at, and then I yeah. came to another. Yeah, and then, and then that's and then and then we met. And then we met up with you in Seattle. Went to a baseball game. Right. And that was a wonderful story because I was picking up my uh, stepdaughter from Portland. She was in school. And, um, you know, on the way, my wife said, hey, there's a comic convention in Seattle. Do you want to go there after? I went, can I? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah. It's just only a couple hours away. That was that so was that, a great that was a great show and the White Sox were playing the the Mariners in Seattle so we got to see we, yeah Ichiro we got to see Ichiro we see Ichiro we got to see the dome open yeah Remember? yeah 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 which was cool and once again that was one of the funnest trips that we took it was yeah one tell of the me more about your, your because I don't remember your, I don't you, I don't think we've actually talked about your side of it. I remember my side of going to the baseball game and everything, but I don't remember like what else was cool. I met Scotty Young; he was amazing and he is, is the greatest human on the planet. But nah, he's not. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, it was also it was a great show. You know, Jim Demonakis runs that show. They asked us to come out. They um uh. They either with they they paid for our hotel, I think, um, which was you know we we thought that we were running the biggest con in the world because we didn't have to pay for our hotels and we had to pay <laughs> for our airfare out there. We go out there, fantastic show. I met Jamie Jamie Bamber from uh, 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 Battlestar Galactica. I remember that. Oh, okay. Uh, I think we were bullshitting with Brubaker and Rucka and doing all tons of, you know, interviews and that kind of stuff. But it was really just Tom and Sal and I running around Seattle, the three of us. It was, it well, was Ron, Ron Richards was at the game, too. Yeah. It, well, yeah. I mean, Ron and, and Josh and, yeah. and Connor yeah. from yeah, everybody was there. Were there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was, was great. It was probably a high point of like the the initial Halcyon days the initial like podcast wave yep. the the og podcasters were there it was awesome we were all having a great time um my my funniest remembrance it wasn't funny at the time i mean so you have to think we've all been together for probably five days in a row like oh, right 20 hours a day from because you know we're sharing rooms and it's it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, interviews, convention, 
we're all just like fucking exhausted coming down off the high of doing that. We fly back into Chicago. Sal goes out to one of the suburbs and I look at Tom and cause we lived kind of close together. And I was like, Hey Tom, you want to, you want to ride on the same train together back into the city? And he just looked at me. He's like, no, no fucking way. And so he just looked at me, he's like, no, I'll grab the next one. I'm like, I understand. <laughs> From my perspective, it was, I mean, it was always, conventions at that time were always such a bizarre Oh, they were amazing. Experience. It was amazing. Yeah. It was like, and it was, it, but it, it was, was different over and over again of like us looking at each other and kind of going, can you can, believe that just happened? Or can you believe right. what's going on? Can you believe what we're doing? Like we didn't, you know, we had no concept of sort of like promotion or like working with comic book companies or getting to know. And, and then all of a sudden it just sort of started happening and we'd find ourselves sitting in a room with a bunch of people that made comic books that we loved. And it was just this weird experience. And then on top of that, then you had people that listened to us and liked us and liked our show and were like excited to meet us because they had been listening to our show. And it's like, well, that's odd. That's really strange. That was, you know, and then, and then guys like you making their own t-shirts yeah. and stealing our copyrighted, you know, it, it may, it may have been the Seattle show that, you know, I'm standing in line at a Starbucks and and I'm pirates hat on because we're all wearing our. It's the only, I know. It's the I think it, 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 it took this long for me to figure out the the, the motif. Sorry. Yeah, I, I love that it's the uh, the Willie Stargell style. It's uh, no this this is a 1978 uh, promotional from Seven Up. Yeah, <laughs> that's Willie Stargell's hat. That that is Willie Stargell's actual hat. That's amazing. Unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> shape for 1978. Did did you ever have the experience that where you're like standing in line at like a Starbucks at a at a comic convention and you're talking to someone and some and it, this happened to me and someone turns around and it's like, are you Chris Neesman from around? Right, comic? your voice. That's amazing. <laughs> I've had a couple of experiences like that. I had the the one of the weirder ones was, you know, after we had stopped doing the show for a while and and this was just like a couple years ago. And I had joined a jujitsu gym. I had started doing jujitsu, and a guy at the gym, this guy Craig, uh, we start talking. You know, we're roll. You know, he was a higher belt than me, and I, I, you know, we we would roll and and work out, whatever. And then we would talk, and we started talking about comic books. And at some point, I mentioned, "Oh yeah, I I used to do a comic book podcast." And he's like, "Oh really? I, you know what one?" And then I told him, and he's like, "Like you could see no way." It's like. <laughs> Like your Sal, yeah, that yeah, it was like <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was very odd, and he he and he would even admit it. Like he got a little freaked out, you know. It's like I, you know, and it's like, come on, man, that's don't. That's the <laughs> yeah. weird, uncomfortable thing of like, yeah, don't, don't fan out. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to give you an autograph. I don't want to fucking be like. Yeah. Don't act like I'm not just a moron with a microphone because that's all I am is just a moron with a microphone. Right. One could do this. We, you know, all like of us are. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> those experiences, that one was kind of weird because I'm like, you know, 45 years old, and this guy is like, you know, the same age as me, and we just got done, you know, uh, you know, wrestling around together, and then it's just like all of a sudden he like starts getting freaked out. I mean, we've since then, you know, 
you know, that has gone far away and we're very friendly, but uh, it was just like, yeah, that was a weird experience of, of like yeah. seeing his eyes change when he realized that, that I was around comics. It's just like, okay, that's that. Fucking, and it was always, like the, the other experiences that I've had is like the first time I took my family to a convention and like my kids and my wife would see people come up to me and like, and my wife like being, wow, you're kind of famous. Right. Huh? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. You know, with a really small F. But you know, yeah, there was a time where some people liked what we did. And, and it was just like, yeah, it, that was always a strange, strange thing. I love, like, I'm an extrovert. Like, I, you know, like, I. When I, it's appropriate. <laughs> I love right? being in front of an audience. Like, I love being in front yeah. of an audience. Like, I could sit and do panels and you know, I can talk in front of an audience all day long and I have zero nerves about it. I, I love that interaction of being You're a lead singer, man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. You know, st whether it's stand up comedy, whether it's, it, you know, <laughs> being in a band, that kind of thing. It's like, I, but I love talking with an audience there. I love the interaction of an audience. You know, that, that is something that I, I would do for, you know, you know what I mean? Like I would do that all the right. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was always the most fun. Whenever we did panels at at conventions, that was the, the script. Fun. Yeah, yeah, that was the most fun for me. I loved. Oh, doing oh, okay, I gotcha. Panels with an audience because that was just like live interaction. I always tried to get us to do. I I wanted us to do, and we did it when we did Windy City Con. Mm -hmm. But I love doing live shows. I you know it's like I enjoyed having an audience for that feedback of a live podcast. And I, you know, it's like I would do those now in a heartbeat if, if well, that was, I mean, that was, we had an audience. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that was one of the that was one of the great things, you know, kind of going back to the early days is when we did it at Dark Tower. You know, we weren't in a studio; it was kind of like this living, breathing environment that we were. I mean, we were literally <clears throat> plopped in the middle of the store, and if I mean, it, it, it would happen a lot that like random people would walk into the store. And they'd be like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, it was kind of the, it was, it was the bet. And they would sit there and they would listen. And it was, yeah, it, I mean, that was. You just started putting chairs down because people would come in and just sit down and, and listen yeah. to doing the show. And yeah. That, yeah. Well, it, but isn't that how like you met some of the other, like, like it, didn't Norton, didn't Mike Norton kind of like come in and watch? And then that's oh, how. Oh yeah, it was, it was Norton and Seeley and, and. Yeah. Hillary. They would just come in yeah. and watch. Yeah. Yeah. They were like local um, guys. Yeah, you know, it's... You uh, know, Brown, uh, Jeffrey Brown. Oh, God, you know, Burnham. You know, it's... You, yeah, oh, I mean, Gene, Gene Hall would come in from the suburbs, and it kind of turned... The, yeah. What was... What it was, was a party. Cool, that there had been there had been a, a 90s group of comic book creators that... And it even went back into the 80s, whenever you talk about, like, first comics and, and that kind of stuff, where you get into the like the you know like steve rude and 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 those guys in madison wisconsin and and then there was the you know then that comes to chicago with first comics and there was that uh like dan klaus and and barda and azarello and because azarello was a he was an editor way before he was a writer and so you had those those groups of creators 
that were in that Chicago community. And then that kind of phased out. And then there was another community that, that kind of came up out of that in the early two thousands. And then you had, you know, kind of us at dark tower kind of became that touchstone where a lot of those creators said, Hey, let's, you know, we're going to go right. there and check out right. this podcast and then we'll go out and, and have drinks. And, and, that, and that's, that's why my bookshelf looks the way it does is because yeah. of all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember like, who was the first like creator that started coming to the show? It was probably Mike. Was it Mike, Mike? and Tim? Like randomly? Oh, like how did that even happen? Uh, you know, Hillary lived around the corner from the comic shop, and oh, Mike, there you go. Mike, Mike and Tim shopped there. I mean, that was their that was their shop. Um, like, I don't even remember how we met those guys. That's the weird thing. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think they just kind of, like, showed up. And, and you know, at that I mean, but Mike and Tim, it, that was the cool thing is that at that point, a lot of the people that we, that we think of as being, like, these, you know, great creators in the industry, and they are great creators in the industry, I mean, they were in their, they were in their, early thirties, late twenties, early thirties. And they were just kind of starting out. I mean, I mean, Mike and Tim weren't that far from doing stuff for devil's due at that point. I right. think they, yeah. They had just, I mean, they were still, I think kind of doing some stuff for devil's. I due. mean, they, they were probably doing GI Joe at devil's due whenever we met them. Um, and you know, and just kind of, just kind of grew from there. And then Jeffrey, Jeffrey Brown was doing kind of his first top shelf work. Um, and he lived, it was, it's when, when Jeffrey Brown and Hillary Barta live within like three blocks of each other. I mean, that's kind of, that was that scene. I mean, that was right. that scene. These right. amazing Just, indie comic creators and guys like Hillary who had been working like mainstream comics since the early eighties and was now doing like any, you know, and, and he's working with like Rick Remender on, you know, different, you know, different projects and yeah it was it was cool it was a neat time yeah. you know yeah. i missed a lot of that and you know but uh you know all right enough of this nostalgia horseshit it's a lot of nostalgia <laughs> yeah we have we've given ourselves enough blowjobs tonight well let me give a let me give a quick blowjob to sal um very quick no one right. knows you know um, it won't take long because because we have been you know we've known each other for so long and back to the Seattle uh, uh, Comic Con was you and I were walking back from the game and there was this hill that, that you just were having a hard time walking up yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like me like no 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 just, just very hilly. no just hold on I'm a mailman you know I'm I'm in good shape and it was just but I did, I never you know. It took me 10 years to call you out. I'm not calling you out. Anyway, um, we were walking up the hill back to our hotels, and you said, fuck this, I'm calling a taxi. And you call a taxi in the middle of walking up a hill. And now you are the most physical, most amazing physical specimen that I know with all of what you're doing with jujitsu and everything like that. So I'm what I'm saying is it's like, this memory of that, that first memory of you was just like oh, a big okay. fat Sal, big fat, big fat nerd who can't walk up a hill. Yeah, and I now he's, I, see, now he's thrown, 
That was, not the first time. that was not the first time in Seattle <laughs> I gave up on a hill. No, Seattle, I, I gave up on many. I died on many hills in Seattle. So, yeah, we, we stayed at this hotel, as a, <laughs> literally at the top of the hill, and we went down to Pike's Place. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, we're walking down. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great. And I look at, I remember looking at you, and it's like, it's like, dude, we're going to get to the bottom of this hill. And, <laughs> We're, we're gonna have to call a cab because this is fucking brutal. I mean, it is. It's like a. It's uh, like, okay. It's like a forty degree fucking pitch. In, in my defense. No, no, no I defense was, needed. I, certainly, I was way out of shape. I had been smoking, yes. you know, for twenty years at that point. Yeah. Yes, and I was All fat. But also, I was the. I was a genius and I decided to wear boots. <laughs> the convention like there was oh, yeah. the only pair of shoes that i had were, were a fair this, this was the this was the white at the white Sox game this was after my, the white my, Sox. my my favorite memory was coming from pike's place and we were going back up this gargantuan and it was the, the incline on this thing it was easy 35 40 degrees i mean it's 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 a it's a crazy incline and i remember us coming up and this this cute little college age girl with a clipboard came up to us and we're we're hoofing it up this hill and she comes up she's like she's like can i ask you a few questions about the environment and she was from greenpeace and and we're like absolutely go for it oh and she starts asking us questions and we catch our breath and she's like so would you would you like to to sign up or donate and we're i I just looks at her it's like it's like, kiddo, we're just taking a break before we gotta keep walking up this hill. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. But what, but, but what I'm saying is that Brian, you are fucking awesome now. <laughs> that I watch all of your Instagram posts, all of the things that you've been going through. That's just like you, 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 you took that and said, "I'm going to change myself." Instead of saying, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna." Oh. Can we cuss on this? Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know YouTube's rules. It's anyway. Just don't yeah. play music. Right. Well, so yeah. anyway, it, to me that like every time I see you do anything on Instagram is when when you're in your dojo is amazing. I love it. I love it that you took a hold of your yourself and said, "I'm not going to let this be the thing." Well, so. I was going to die young. I mean, that you know, right. You know, so it was a matter of I. I mean, I was yeah, I was uh, very out of shape, and and I quit smoking, which was the first, uh, you know, hurdle. That was the that was the number one thing, and then and then after that, it was just sort of like slowly building up to you know getting in better shape, trying to get in better shape, trying to get, and then yeah, jujitsu was really the thing that changed everything because it was like oh, this is something I really enjoy to do, I really love it, but it. It also like uh how'd you find it? I was uh well I had went to a gym initially to box. Uh mm. I wanted to I wanted to work out. I didn't like I didn't like I don't like running and I don't really enjoy lifting weights that much, although I I probably enjoy lifting weights more now than I did at the time, but I, I knew I didn't like that was a chore. So I'm like, I need to find something I can do that I enjoy, so I'll keep doing it. I, you know, I knew that about myself. Like I'm a lazy person. Like mentally, I was very lazy. I knew that uh, about myself. Like I, I, so I had myself into okay, find something that's sort of fun, and and maybe I'll keep doing it. So I 
loved boxing growing up as a kid. My dad was a boxer. Um, I really enjoyed boxing and I boxed a little when I was younger. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll try that. I'll, I'll, I'll get into boxing and that'll keep me interested. And so I joined a gym that was a MMA gym, but they did boxing classes. And so I started doing that and I did enjoy it. But then I, I got into kickboxing and at the time, and then I, you know, I really started to getting into MMA more and watching it and enjoying it. And, um, I, I, it's community so based too, right? It's like there's a community based with what you're doing. Well, with jujitsu, there certainly is. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah, so, back to back to comic books. Get back to sports. Is everything? It's yeah. all about like, yeah, I love that. Well, that's the biggest part for jujitsu is like the the people that I do it with are, are my brothers. You know what I mean? Like you, you, yeah. you know, you go through really difficult things together, and you have to, you know, you bond, and it's just like it's something you can't not be close to. I mean, when you're <laughs> Jiu-jitsu is like this funny thing where I, I, and I kind of say this joke all the time to like new people that start um, because I work with a lot of the new people now in our gym. When they come in, they, my instructor will put them with me because he knows I'm going to not hurt them. I'm going to, I'm going to show them the right way to do yeah. things. Yeah. And, uh, make it inviting. But uh, I, I kind of always make the joke of like jujitsu is the only place where you teach your friends how to choke you better. <laughs> and, and it, and it's the truth. Like you're, like I'm constantly working with people, teaching them how to choke me or how to submit me or how to do better against me, how to beat me in a grappling match. And it's just, the, you know, so it's like, it's a weird thing, but it's a, it's a big part of it too. But yeah, so I had done, I did kickboxing that and then the gym I was at moved. So I kind of stopped for a little while and then they opened a UFC gym by my house. So I joined that. And I was just doing boxing and kickboxing again. And there was a guy there that was teaching jujitsu and he also taught kickboxing. And I, I used to go to his kickboxing classes. I really liked him. Anthony was his name. And uh, he kept bugging me to do jujitsu. He's like, come on, you should do jujitsu. You should do it. You'd like it. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I'm not interested. And then finally I started doing it. And, and uh, you took that first step. That's great. Yeah, it, But it was, That's yeah, it, it was an intimidating thing. Like it was, a you know, the unknown and sort of, and like it's the funny thing, like he was a at the time he was a a brown belt and uh probably a hundred and forty-five pounds soaking wet. And I was probably two sixty-five at the time. And I thought I was a pretty good athlete. Yeah, I was up to like two I was up to almost two ninety at my heaviest. Whoa. So after I had actually lost a little weight and gotten in a little better shape. And so I was like two sixty-five and he could just put me into a pretzel. Like right. Uh, you know, it out. Yeah. yeah, and I could do nothing. I could do nothing to stop it. And I'm like, okay, this is something I need to learn. Like, this is you know, and uh, so that's yeah, that's how I got into it. And yeah, it's like four years ago now, something like that, going on five years. And uh, yeah, I just it it's it taught me like more than anything. Like, it's a it's a skill based thing, and it's very it's very difficult both mentally and physically it's a it's a it's huge challenge every single day but it taught me how to be mentally strong like mm. i was never that way mm. um growing up i was i was always kind of good at stuff like whatever it was like i was i was a pretty good athlete even though i wasn't in great shape 
but I was, I was just naturally a pretty good athlete. I was a pretty good artist. I was a pretty good writer. I was a pretty good student. You know, like it was all pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Pretty good. Right. I wasn't great at any of it, but I was pretty good at everything. But that like taught me how to not work at stuff. Like I didn't know how to work at anything Ooh. because it came pretty easy to me. Mm. So by the time I, I was like in my thirties, I was super mentally very lazy and uh, I didn't want to be that way anymore. Like I just, mm. didn't, I, it wasn't like even like being out of shape. That was part of it, but that was, it was more just like I've lived a very soft life. And I mentally, I've never really challenged myself to see, like, there was a fear I also had of, like, I don't want to ever challenge myself to the point of breaking because I'm afraid I'll break. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. So I would never push myself, you know. Uh, and then, like, jujitsu was this thing of, like, well, there's no workaround. Like, there's no faking it. You can't. You yeah. can't cheat. There's right. no way. That you, the, it's just hard work. There's no. There's nothing. I mean, you can be athletically gifted, but that gets you like five percent better than maybe someone that's not. Like, if there's someone that's, a, you know, like there's guys that'll come in the gym now that are, you know, high school wrestlers, very athletic, half my age but they have zero technique and it's ridiculously easy for me to throw them around a gym. Mm. Um, now, not every guy, I mean, you know, some big strong dudes like it takes, but, but it's a technique thing. And it's just like, it's, it's really a lot of work. Jiu-jitsu is very, very difficult. It's, it's mentally hard because it breaks your, your uh, pride and your ego, like it crushes your ego. You Fine. can't ego. You can't. You know. <laughs> yeah. And the guys like a lot of, mo- you know, a lot of guys have like just a built in competitive nature. Like you want to win, win, win. You want to dominate. You want to be, you know, and it's like, well, you don't really, you don't learn if that's your mentality. Like you have to lose and you have to put yourself in bad situations and other in order to learn. And then you just have to work your fucking ass off. And so right. it just taught me how to be like mentally a lot stronger. And, and, and I just started turning into sort of the person I wanted to be. That's Where awesome. I don't, I don't, you know, like I'm not afraid of challenges. I'm not afraid of physically like putting myself, pushing myself as hard as I can possibly push myself. And that's the thing, like, most people don't do that in their life. Like most right. people, like I, I push myself physically at 49 years old to the brink of breaking like three days a week. But it's, it just makes me stronger. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it just makes me physically and mentally stronger. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. It's just something I, I love doing. I love when it works. I love the fact that it's like, you know, I, I, the other day, the other there's a kid at my gym. Twenty, he just turned twenty five, and I was like, "Hey, happy birthday, man! You're like half my age now." And he's <laughs> like, you know, and he and he looks at me and he's like, "What?" And you know, we've known each other for a few years, and yeah, uh, and and he's like, "You're how old are you?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm forty nine. I'll be fifty next year." And he's like, "He's like my dad, 
my dad is 48. He doesn't look right. Like you. Yeah. And he, and he said like the nicest compliment is like, I want to be like you when I, when I'm your age. Like, that's, <laughs> and it's like, I can't ask for much more. You know what I mean? Like, at, at, how, are, how are you handling it through COVID? How is it working? Well, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate because my, uh, about six months before COVID, uh, a guy came to the gym who was a black belt or it was a brown belt. And uh, he hadn't trained in about five years. He had moved to California and trained for a while, but then he, he stopped training. He used to live here. He used to train with my black belt's black belt. And so he knew Anthony, my, my black belt. And so he started working on our gym and, and he's like, he's like, listen, I'm a brown belt, but I haven't trained in years. I'm, I'm really rusty. I don't want to like embarrass myself because you know, somebody walks in the gym and they have a brown belt on or a black belt. It's like a target. Yeah, sure. Like, even me now, like I have a purple belt now and it's like, um, it's a target. Like you, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to take this guy down. Yeah. So he's like, I don't want to embarrass myself. I haven't rolled in a long time. Can you put me, you know, with somebody? So he put him with me and even though like, he's a little younger than I am, uh, we just hit it off. We got, we were, you know, we're very similar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of people. And we just really got along. And so when COVID hit, uh, me and him were still training just the two of us. Um, and, and he had actually gotten his black belt, like right before COVID hit. And so I was really fortunate that I was like three days a week. I was training with him just one-on-one for like an hour a day. And so, uh, it really helped my game and it just really, I was, I was really fortunate. And then he actually got hurt and, um, he, but there was another guy, this black belt, Jeff, who uh, hadn't been training and it was the same sort of thing. He was looking for somebody to train with. And so he gave, you know, we started training again. So like the, through the whole, you know, for the last four months, I've been rolling with just like black belts over and over again. So it's really, you know, really difficult. They kicked the shit out of me, but uh, but it's really improved my game. And then my gym just started with limited classes again. So we have, we have like limited classes and you basically, you just work with the same partner, every class. And, uh, and so, so far it's been fine. You know um, it's, you know, it, but a lot of people didn't train at all. It was really, I, like I said, I was really lucky that I was able to train, uh, with him, with my friend Alex, you know, one on one, really helped me. But a lot of people didn't train at all because it's like, what do you get? You know, if you're not doing the classes, you know, my my school shut down. All the schools shut down for you know two three months, so it was difficult. But so right, you got to you got to stay on, you got to stay strong while you're doing it too. You can't just you know you, you if you take a week off, you notice. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially yeah. like. Uh, your cardio disappears. Like grappling all of that. is extremely cardio intensive. Like mm. it's harder than anything I've ever done. And and it's like it's a different kind of cardio than like running. <laughs> Not that I'm a good runner, but it's just like it's, <laughs> it's, I, have I, zero, I have zero cardio. <laughs> I scored four touchdowns in high school. No, I, I was <laughs> I was captain of my high school wrestling team, and we would say it's the hardest six minutes of your life. Right, it's sprinting yeah, cardio. Wrestling, right, totally more intense because it's like way more uh, explosive. 
Yeah, it's it's so another person is trying to grappling to to put your ass on the on the mat and pin you, and it's 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 the hardest six minutes of your life. Wrestler Welcome to around comics, uh, health and fitness. Everybody? <laughs> around grappling. Around grappling. Well, since we're talking about this, I want to. Jason Kim is uh, is on the the. Yeah, perfect, perfect. He wanted. Of course, of course it does. Can you give me a sense of inner peace and balance? And uh, yes, absolutely, it does. I don't. I don't know if that was a like sort of a, a funny question, but no, it it absolutely does give me a, a sense of inner peace, just because. Um. Uh, in a, in a couple of different ways, like one, just like from a self defense perspective, like I, like when you when you start training like MMA and jujitsu and kickboxing, and like you're training with fighters, uh, like you quickly realize how little you know about fighting, mm-hmm. and and like if you you know if you if you like if you go into a gym and you don't know anything, but like you're like ah, oh, even if you were like I was a street fighter, you know that's sort of the, the you know like the the funny uh, kind of thing of like guys who you know even if you've been in a lot of fights or whatever, whatever. like to to go against someone that's like training on a regular basis is it's a joke. Like it's a and and you don't understand that until like you see it. And then you realize how little you know about defending yourself. Like how, you know, it's like, I, I was not a fighter. I grew you know, I was a big guy growing up. So I didn't really get into a lot of fights. Cause I think people just, you know, people didn't really fuck with me that much. I, I mean, I had a few fights, but I was not a fighter. I wasn't a, the type of person to fight much. Um, but it's like, you have like, you don't have an understanding of like how little you know about f- a fight until you actually, you know, do it with people that are trained, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, I mean, just having that sort of like self-confidence, like I can, you know, I know I can handle myself now. Like I've been, you know, I train three, four days a week, a couple hours a day, as hard as, you know, you can possibly go. And most people don't do that at all. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just a physical, just as like, I'm going to wear somebody out just, just pushing and shoving, you know what I mean? Like you're going to get tired instant, you know, in a minute, in two minutes, just two minutes of grappling someone. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it regularly, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be absolutely mm-hmm. exhausted. And okay. I'll do it for an hour straight. And I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not that I'm going to be not tired, but it's a different kind of thing when you're doing it all the time. So there's that, definitely that kind of security. You just feel more secure by yourself. But the, the, the other part is like, your ego getting killed all the time. You know, I don't know if you guys deal with your ego, if it gets in the way of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Like your ego. No, no, no. I, t- I, I totally get it. I've got a Cal Ripken streak of never being in a fight in my life. And so <laughs> I have, I have, no experience with that sort of concept um so my question is like you know you're you're ready to defend yourself but are you worried about having to defend yourself i I know you live in a 
a, a bigger yeah. city than me, but I have I have no worries <laughs> in my little stupid little town. No one's gonna fuck with me. But you, like, how many people are gonna come up to you and you know how how? I don't know. It's not like it's not like I'm walking around thinking yeah. like people are. I don't are, think you've ever done jujitsu as a self-defense right you've never done it with the intention of like i need to defend myself right no i mean well that, i can't say that that's necessarily true i mean i certainly have done it in the sense of like i i i mean there have been times in my life where i have was brewing I, yeah absolutely like there have been oh times okay as a, like I have definitely had times where, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just like being a bigger guy, like mm. it's that thing of like, oh, I'm gonna fuck with that person. I mean, there's definitely been times. I'm like I said, I'm not a confrontational kind of person in the sense of like, if I bump right. into somebody, I'm the first person to say, oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You know I mean, like, I, <laughs> right. there have definitely been, definitely been times in my life where it's like people go out of their way to sort of start something with me. right and, and it's you sort of like going okay i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna you know i'm i'm right years old but no it's not like i walk around like thinking oh i'm gonna get attacked i mean although in this day and age it seems more likely than in the last you know 10 years of my life it seems who knows what kind of lunatics you know there seems to be a lot of anger and 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 uh you know tense oh people yeah. in the world right now so it doesn't hurt to have that but no I, I conflict resolution is out the window right now but it but it's, it's a weird thing of like you know i you know joe rogan is a guy who uh i know a lot of people are controversial on him and and but i'm a big fan of his podcast i've listened to it for years and he's a big jujitsu yeah, so am i so am i yeah. so am i and you know he talks about it like you know if you spend an hour like sweating your ass off and getting the shit kicked out of you and, and trying to pin someone or trying to armbar someone or them trying to choke you, that kind of thing, defending yourself from being attacked. If, because and that's the thing about jujitsu. Like you can go a hundred percent and the chances are you're not going to get hurt. Uh, and if you do that for an hour and then you get in your car and like somebody cuts you off in traffic, it's not really a big deal. Yeah. yeah. It's like, eh, whatever, you know, like, so I definitely like, there is a change when I go to the gym and then when I do, when I'm done and I'm driving home, it's like, and nothing is a problem any longer. Like right. I don't have not you know, it's like, I'm not angry at anything. I don't care. You know, Hey, everything's good. But also the, the going back to the pride thing, going back to the, uh, you know, getting your ego smashed on a regular basis, is a really healthy thing. It's mm. a super healthy thing because, you start to, you know, at least I did, like I started to see how my ego was making me behave in everyday life with everyone. Like, you know, whether it was work, whether it was my kids, my wife, how much I made decisions and bad decisions usually based on my ego and not really like, does this affect me or is this the best way to, to, to behave or the best way to, to talk to someone or the best, you know, a lot of it was just sort of like ego of and pride and it's like well once you kind of strip that away and you get rid of it you, you can you can function in a different way with people That's, yeah totally yeah about that i had hooray. way more than i thought comics. It. hooray comics <laughs> <laughs> comics around Co oh wait a minute we 
around jujitsu. Sorry, dude. You asked me about if you ask me about jujitsu, I will talk about you. I can do a jujitsu yeah, every day. Okay, so let's 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 stop that and go uh, once again. I I I I am a podcaster, so I want to move things. Um, is there any sort of jujitsu comic book that we should look at? Oh anything yeah, yeah. Sulk. Uh, Sulk number two. Hold on, I'll be right back. I don't think I read that. There was a um, well. Kevin Mellon had done uh, a, a comic. I can't think of the. There was a a woman that he had done a comic with. Gosh, I can't think of her name now, and I can't think of the name of the comic. But did and, you read it? It was sort of a jujitsu comic. I don't think jujitsu really translates into comics that well. Right. I mean, it would be a lot of like, like if you see, you can find like old footage. Like if you go to Google uh, images and say jujitsu or judo, it'll be like people throwing and that sort of thing. Right. It won't, it won't translate as well. Yeah. I get that. No, yeah. It's kind of a, you know, I mean, I, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of anything that I remember. Yeah. Sulk number two. That'd be awesome. Okay. okay. There you Is go. That, you remember this? That's Jeffrey Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if I ever read that. Dude, it's it's one of the greatest comics ever created. Did Chris uh, Crank did, did Chris Crank uh do the lettering for it? Uh no, 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 no. Uh, um, it is oh. it is it is Jeffrey's comic adaptation of one of the greatest MMA fights ever. Okay, that's cool. Who? Um, oh, who is it? It's um, who, who edits this podcast, by the way? Let's like find out what we cut out. We don't edit anything. <laughs> uh, um, I know it's live. In but... 10 years. <laughs> you guys make me laugh. Um, the thing—it's the entire comic is one gigantic fight. Um, oh, talk about yourself, homie. I'm gonna fall asleep, Chris. You—you you fall asleep many times. I think I'm getting close. Oops, that was a different show. Um. Yeah, but if yeah, the the entire the, the entire comic is a is a cage fight. So Sulk okay. number two from Jeffrey Brown, uh, top shelf comics. Um, gotcha. It's great. Any, any of the Sulk comics are great. So, <laughs> um, speaking of Chicago and uh, Jeffrey Brown, uh, so I've got another comic that I read that I've been wanting to talk. All right, about twenty minutes left here. Um, what do you mean twenty minutes? Oh, you got two hours. Okay, two hours. Yeah, we yeah, keep it to two ish, two ish hours. Have you guys read All American comics? No. Uh, All America. All America comics. It's, it's got a good green screen. We can we can. Uh, it's, um, um, it's another Joe Casey comic, and if there hmm. is. A- Output creator over the last, I mean, we're going on like 20 years of like Joe Casey continually putting out different new and awesome comics. And you look at the 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 history of of this guy's comics. I mean, Joe Casey puts out a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. He's kind of an idea factory. Mm-hmm. Um so all America comics, number one, um, I have not read the second issue, 
but it's about a one shot. Hmm? I believe it's a one shot. There isn't a second issue. Is there not? A, it left on a cliffhanger. I'm just telling you, it says All America Comics number one, one shot. What? <laughs> oh, sorry. Next. So sad. Um. Yeah, it's it's good. I uh, uh, good, so yeah, I want you to to check it out, read it. We can talk about it, but uh, it's it's definitely uh, the kind of comic that I remember. Whenever I read Scott Pilgrim the first time, my takeaway was I really enjoyed that, and that was a comic that was not written for me. And that was my takeaway with this comic. It's like uh, Pilgrim, you feel was not written for you. This was not written for a forty-seven-year-old white guy. Oh no, I'm a pilgrim. The Scott Pilgrim wasn't either. Scott Pilgrim was not written for a at the time a thirty-eight-year-old white man who maybe played video games once in a while. Yeah, yeah, different. Right. Yeah. It was written for people that were ten years younger than me. That's fine. Totally fine. Come on, Sal. If you read, if you read Scott Pilgrim. It's written for people that are ten years younger than us. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I uh, I can see that certainly. I really yeah. enjoyed that Scott Pilgrim, so I don't know. I enjoyed it. I I, I see what but you I understood. Mean. It wasn't written for well, I, or to me. Yeah, I guess I just you know you're. I I don't know why. I guess I feel like you're a little younger, but I always felt like I'm like two years younger. Than you. I know. <laughs> Guys, are you just get married? Come on. <laughs> Maybe Tom. Tom is the. I feel like Tom is way younger than us, and he's really not. He's really not. No. I like Ron Richards. I'm not that much younger than you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> did anybody read uh, um, The Three Jokers? No, I have not. From DC, it's uh, uh, Jeff Johns uh, new. It's a black label book, but it's Jeff Johns writing a black label book that says "pass" to me. You know, it was it was. You know, okay. Well, here's the thing. It's a pretty good story. It's okay. pretty good so far. The first issue is pretty good. It's an interesting concept, but. The, and it's well done. Like he's a good writer. There's no question. Jeff Johns is a good writer. I'm For not sure. the biggest. Like the problem is like he always seems to want to fix what he perceives as a problem with continuity in comics. Like, <laughs> okay. So so it, it, like this story is basically him going. All right. There's basically been three eras of Jokers. There was there was sort of the early, you know. Uh, uh, you know, the clown prince of crime Joker. Then there was the Alan Moore Joker. Yeah. And then there's like the modern Joker, uh, kind of like the almost like the the Christopher Nolan darker. Every every uh, yeah. other superhero ever. Yeah. <laughs> and so now he has all three. They all exist in somehow. one guy. No, there's three different jokers. There's literally the three different oh. jokers. Well, it's, like Caesar, it's like Caesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, and Heath Ledger all in the same universe. Basically, yeah. They're all you know, working together. And <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting story. I, I'm interested in where it goes, but I'm like, 
why does he feel the need to sort of fix that history? And like, you don't have to make it all make sense. Right. I don't need, you know, you know what I mean? Like he has this need where he, like, he feels like he has to make sense of, of, of 75 years of comic books history. And it's like, you don't, you can't, you, you, you can't do it. Well, he's going to try. He's going to do it. <laughs> well, but to give him credit, it's like, look what he did with, you know, like Flash and Green Lantern. And, and, and you know, like he, he sort of made sense of a lot of the... So the I'm going to bring it back to this for half a second. <laughs> the book that we don't know anything about. That no one's read. It's a, it's a Gen Zer. It's a comic about a Gen Zer. And she's a nonconformist. She's a non-joiner. And it is a comic that is written to and for Gen Zers. If, if you can imagine, imagine a Gen Zer being a, an incredibly powerful superhero that basically tells the Avengers she doesn't have fucking time for them because they are, they're old. And... She has. Well, I'm gonna love this comic. You're gonna fucking hate it. You're gonna want to. You're gonna want to smack this girl in the face. And and but that's the point. I'm just like, yes, this is not written for me. This is this is a Gen Z yeah, hero. What I have with like Joe Casey writing that is Joe Casey is older than us. I think absolutely. And, and that's the, the you know and he's just sort of pandering. Yeah. He's just sort of pandering at that point. That was a problem. Perhaps. perhaps. But where I bring this back to Jeff Johns is that Jeff Johns was kind of doing that with JSA a little bit. It was it was a 15 years ago where it was the new generation of of superheroes. I mean, that was Stargirl. That was all of the, you know, second generation legacy characters that that came up in JSA. Now they didn't well, but they had he had such reverence for those characters. That's that, and that's the difference is yeah. that they had reverence for those the the predecessors. Where this is now the next generation that is like I don't have reverence for you because I've seen everything that you've done and it hasn't worked, and now it's time to go off in a different direction. But I mean, Jeff Johns had that next generation coming into existence. And that, and this is kind of the, the next step beyond that. But, I mean, you look at everything that he did with, with JSA and... and why, do, mm-hmm. Gen, why do Gen Zers hate their parents so much? <laughs> is this a joke? <laughs> well, but, like, I don't know... <laughs> I mean, they just—it it just why does Gen X hate every right. generation around it? Huh? Why? Why? Why does Gen X hate every generation around it? We hate baby boomers and and Gen Z. I I don't know. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't hate my parents though. Like I didn't. I didn't no. hate them. <laughs> um. I, did you? Did anybody read uh, uh, Big Girls? What is it? Big Girls. No. Don't cry. Yeah. Oh, that's a different thing. Sorry. Jason Howard. Oh, I love Jason Howard. Uh, it's a book. It's basically like, and I'm going to shit on it a little bit, but it's basically. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. <laughs> yeah. 
all men are evil. All men are monsters. Literally, <laughs> men are monsters, and giant. They're like giant women designed to f- kill men. And it's like, okay, it's it, it could be an interesting book, but it's so like obviously geared for a very specific audience that he's trying to sell it to. Oh, it's not written for you. Well, that's fine. It's not that it's not written for me. But it's like, yeah, but is it good? No. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> no, I've not read Big Girls. But I do love Jason's work. I I, I like him. I like Jason. I, but I like I really, Jason too. Yeah. Uh, really? Like, uh, this is, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe he's yeah. I, he's just really flying the feminist flag high on this one. Eh, good for him. I, I suppose. I suppose there are worse things to do. <laughs> uh, there are certainly yeah. worse things to do. Yeah, I'm waiting for a. Um, I I got an alert from Amazon that uh, in November, and this must be for Christmas shopping, that the uh, the deluxe editions for. Paper Girls and for the uh, the third definitive edition of East uh, uh, East of West is are coming out in November. So that's I'm going to finish, huh? That's a book I can't get past a few issues. Really? Okay. Uh, so that's your Sandman. Uh, sure. <laughs> From my experience yeah. of yes, I it just it just doesn't you the hook doesn't sink. Yeah, just like it's really I like the art a lot, but it's oh yeah, the art's great. It's such a uh like I don't I just don't find myself really interested in any of the characters. You're not as much of a dystopian fan as I am. Uh I like it if it's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it if it's just dystopian. I don't like dystopian just for dystopian sake. What are what are your favorite um dystopian stories from like movies? What what are your favorite dystopian movies? Like, you know, Planet of the Apes, uh Vanishing Point, um, you know, Logan's Run, Children of Men, uh, you know. I really liked um, that. Uh, uh, what was the one with the train? That was pretty recent. Oh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. No, yeah. you told me that you didn't like the TV show. I didn't care for the TV show as much. I liked the movie. TV show is awesome. I love the, the TV, TV show. My, I, I love the TV show. I I, I I found myself kind of bored with the TV show. Okay. I lo- I thought the movie was excellent. I didn't know that it needed more than that. It was like. Yeah, I just I felt like it was just sort of unnecessary. Like Gattaca, did you like you know? Uh, awesome, sure. I love Gattaca. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'd have to think about it some more. I don't know. Like, I don't have the top of my head. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a huge, and this is where Gordy and I can can just probably riff for a long time. Is I love '70s dystopian movies. We should we should do. An absolute podcast on on like rollerball. Yeah, I asked you to do this earlier today, but you said no. <laughs> I said I said I may have something <laughs> something else brewing. Just hold tight. No, 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 you know, no, no. I'm 
Um, but yeah, like but yeah, 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 no, rollerball. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, an amazing Wally. TV show. Wally. Uh, <laughs> Planet you're Earth. Not, you're not invited to this podcast. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, seriously. Um, everyone's seen Clockwork Orange. Orange. How about a Clockwork Orange? That's. You know what? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. For it's, sure. Uh, I mean, that's Kubrick and it's dystopian. So it's yeah. amazing. So it's good. It's, <laughs> no, it's not good. It's amazing. Right. Uh, and as a as a, a junior high well, person, I learned Russian. So all of the Russian uh all of the 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 weird words they used in Clockwork Orange were based on Russian. So I was like catching all of it as a 13-year-old, 15-year-old. Yeah. I mean like rollerball is a it's like it's it's kind of cute. But it's a terrible fucking movie. Oh, it's awesome! It's a no, terrible it's movie. awesome okay. movie. It's an awesome no, no. movie. No, 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 no. no I understand the concept. It's I not a good movie. It's a terrible. It's kid. awesome. No, we're talking about the seventies one, not the not the terrible yeah. early two thousands remake. It's terrible. It's a great. Movie. It, so no, we always turn it on somebody oh, else. What oh, makes it terrible? Nothing. It's a bad story, bad acting, ridiculous concept. Bad story. It's about corporate. Yeah. It's about corporates taking over sports and ruining everything and everything and celebrity. It's it's yeah, no, it's a great story. You go, man. No, it's you go. on the nose. It's just like punches you in the face with it. It's not like it's not in 1974. <laughs> Listen, there's better, there's but I mean, there's way better 1970s movies talking about corporate takeover, like network. If you want to compare, like, well, like, yeah, network, no, 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 network is great. You're, you're totally right. Network is great. Something like network, a great movie. Oranges. Oh, so are we going to get into a Tom Cater Sal convert? You know, fight like yes. last episode. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to be Tom Cater's in this episode, I'm going to fight Sal. <laughs> Listen, rollerball is fun. It's fun to watch that. Or like, it's very. It's okay. I'm going to kind of split the difference here. <laughs> it is a really good, thought-provoking, and entertaining movie. It I is a very good. I don't find it, I don't find any of those things true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, you're you're comparing it to fucking network. Yeah, it's I mean that's the bar we're gonna set. Wait a minute, you wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. You asked me if it was a good movie or not. I, yeah, but I mean, you're fucking comparing it to one of the greatest movies of all time. Okay, well, why shouldn't I compare it to that? I'm a good movie. This is why I you love it. A movie. But whether it's like good movie, a great movie, one of the greatest movies of all time. Well, if if you're gonna call it great, why would okay, I? Yes, I, it was hyperbolic. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, so it's it was, not. It wasn't Deer Hunter. No, it's not Deer Hunter. <laughs> No, I'm just saying. It's just like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a fun movie. I'm not saying it's not fun to watch. Godfather one. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's not like some brilliant, uh, you know, social, uh, you know, statement on on society. I mean, there was way better movies. Yeah, actually, it was. Is a way better movie. In the same yeah, actually, movie. it was. <laughs> it wasn't. But yeah, it was. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Soil and Green. Okay. What are you? What are you Comics. Comics. 
First of all, anyone with James Bond that you ever asked for, right here. This is how I learned. Other than EC Comics, this is how I learned how to read. High Camp Superheroes was uh, you could buy it through Captain Company, through Famous Monsters, and it had all the Archie heroes, all the Archie heroes, the Web, the Shield, all these guys. This is what you got to listen, you got to read. read. And where this. did all of those heroes end up? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Watchmen. Sort of, right? Wait, no, those were Charlton. No, those are, oh, right, yeah, right. yeah, these are Archie heroes, right? You're right. Um, you know what? I think Dynamite did Dynamite do them? Di- they would have, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying, nostalgia. We've pulled <laughs> off a band aid here. I, 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 we're gonna argue about 70s dystopian movies. This is gonna be our next, no, 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 you, you guys are gonna argue about it. <laughs> Hey, you got to talk about jujitsu for like a half hour. I get to talk about seventies dystopian movies. God damn it! Yeah, no, this will move on to you. Interesting. This is a really good segue to end this episode and say, "Hey, Chris, you and I need to do a Gordon cast where we talk about this dystopian movie." That's great. And, so, 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 yeah. Gordo, can we find the, find the Gordon cast? Yeah. Well, Gordcast is the the umbrella. Um, I did this thing. Do you guys know about the movies by minute uh, thing that's happening? Really? No. Tell us. You've never you've never heard about movies by minute. Oh my gosh. So you guys are weirdos. Um, if you love a movie, there are people that dissect it minute by minute. They talk about oh, it for. Yeah, like Star Wars or, uh, you know, wh- whatever your favorite movie is. There's a minute by minute. The fanboy guys did like Goodfellows minute by minute. Yeah, no, Josh. Josh has been on every Star Wars minute ever. I know okay. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, I love listening to them, but I can't be. I I can't dissect something minute by minute, even though I love something. So I did Zardoz, Zar, dozen minutes. Czar is that the Sean minutes. Connery, that weird Sean Connery movie? Oh, come on, you don't even know about it. Here's your expert on 70s dystopia, he doesn't even yeah, know. It's Sean Connery. Connery. I don't even know about, yeah, 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 exactly. Thanks, Sal. Totally, thanks, Brian. Fuck off, Sal. Thanks. You don't even know about Zardoz. Zardoz is an amazing 1974 John Borman film. John Borman made Deliverance, and then he I made amazing is a really strong. Strong word to use Sal's Sal's uh, definitions. Strong. Okay. Well, amazing doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Gordo. Hold wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Anyways, he made Deliverance, then he made Zardoz, then he made Excalibur. So there's this weird in between thing. That's again. That's yeah, problem. Sean Connery, and people say all the time, Sean Connery wore a red diaper, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, I broke it down 12 minutes at a time, and it's on my podcast, and mm-hmm. actually fell in love with the movie for the millionth time, like we do with everything that we love. That's the thing about everything that we talk about, whether yeah. you guys talk about comic books, or whatever. It's like, oh, I love this, so I'm, I want to talk about it. So 
that's that. Um, but you know, before that, it was the regular Gord cast where just a bunch of white guys talking about music and. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, yeah, I, Chris was a. a, a I asked Sal, and you know, I, I totally would get on it. I would totally have 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 Brian come on and defend the misfits. That would be great. That would be a great episode. Oh, I I want that episode in my life. I'd be happy to. Happy to. I yeah, I can I can talk I can talk a while about the misfits for sure. I have a long history of the misfits. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I. Just, I I, I, I just love it. this whole concept. Once again, at the beginning of this episode, I was saying I was happy to be part of this, and you guys are the reason that I'm even, you know, included. So, uh, yeah, just keep podcasting, everybody. Oh man, you've you've been you've been awesome. You've you've been <laughs> a friend of the show from, I mean, literally about the beginning. You were probably yeah. one of our first listeners, and and have been. You know, and also, I've, I've called you up on on many a, a drunken evening, and uh, and told <laughs> me <laughs> you're always you're one of my favorite people to talk to. So this is long overdue, and it's been it's been awesome to have you on, man. You guys rock. Yeah, we love you. All right, so Sal, uh, if people want to reach out and contact the show, they can do so. Bye. They can email us at info at aroundcomics.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if they would like, they can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash around comics. Uh, you can get us on Instagram. You can get us on Twitter. At yeah. around you, guys have, you guys have a mailing address. We do have a mailing address, P.O. Box 6114. Yeah. The postal guy knows. Send you yeah. bullshit you don't want. Send it yeah. right to it. Yeah. Um, we'll have to talk to Gordy about releasing the uh, the copyright to maybe maybe allow the uh, the uh, around comics uh, uh, wow. cheap trick shirt into the into the store. We oh, already yeah, had one yeah. request. That would be cool to to put that in the shop. A classic. Yeah. Comic shirt. If we you have we had a request earlier, um, someone saying release. I think it was Cam Smalley said release the uh, the cheap trick shirt. Yeah, I think it was Cafe Press is where I, I initially okay. get it. So yeah. it might still exist. Well, we'll yeah. have to we'll have to clear that with you, Gordo. <laughs> um, it's cleared. It's cleared. Okay, handshake. Handshake. Contra- contractually binding. All right, excellent. All right. Hey, uh, the, the, wait a minute. We have to clear the trademark that he stole from us. I didn't clear, steal anything. We have to clear the trademark of our name and the I had design. A great idea. Had a cheap great idea. He stole from <laughs> us and cheap trick. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, just okay. covering our bases, pal. Yeah, no, I see. All right, well, Gordy, I think I can say this um, uh, pretty easily, um, dude. You're you're welcome back anytime. Uh, mm. If 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 Tom, you know, comes down with a with a flu or whatnot, you will be at the the top of the list. We had a great time talking with you. I hope people enjoy it. Um, uh, Wide ranging conversation. Uh, we'll be back again. Comics until like. Hour forty five. I know, I know. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. what we do. Um, uh, we'll be back next Sunday, uh, eight o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, in the meantime, 
In between in time. In between time. <laughs> we'll be everywhere in and around comics. Comics.